Welcome to Flight Daddy. If you start taking a nap on the runway, when you wake up, we'll be back home in Louisiana. Niner 6 Bravo Bravo, enter the pattern on left downwind. Appreciate you sacrificing your Easter Sunday just to fly us home. You're welcome to ride up front. Looks like a space shuttle. That Mooney train the taxi. Turn your headset. You can listen to me talk to air traffic control. From your traffic in sight. Are you scare them with your feet? Yep. Going up to the spirit in the sky. Here we go. Aren't you supposed to repeat back what he just... Joe. Miami Center. Anyone there? Say your tail number and intention. Doug, what's going on? I've got an emergency up here. My wife and daughters are on this plane. I need you to stop a plane crash. You're the only person I know who can save them. Has he flown a King Air? Never. You've got a very tight window. How long has he been in the air? Start easing off of those controls. Can you do that? We got a real good co-pilot up here. Landing gear down. I got it. I'm looking for the emergency procedures. No doubt we're going to need them. Make sure you're buckled up back there. He's flying right toward the storm. He is never going to make this guy's it. I love you, girl. You can do it. Sometimes you got to trust in things you can't see. Let's go, son. Let's go. Ah, hey, everybody. Happy Passover. Happy uh, Good Friday. If you didn't just catch that trailer, <clears throat> that was a movie I watched last night. And how poignant for today's 15-minute rev. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope that you guys are getting wrapped up and getting ready for Easter Sunday. You know, Sunday's coming. So welcome to the 15-minute rev. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. I'm glad to see you guys this afternoon and uh, we're getting this thing rolling again that was a trailer wasn't that a wonderfully good and poignant message for where we're at as a nation and it exactly it is everything to do <clears throat> with what i'm fixing to talk to you about but we're going to watch another trailer too here in a second i want you to watch another trailer because this first one that i showed you is exactly where the nation's at right now and it has everything to do with the message for today, this Easter Sunday. <clears throat> so, you know, it's funny. Last night I was watching a couple. I was flicking through the channels and I was, um, hi, Jacqueline. It's good to see you. I was flicking through the channels and I've been seeing that movie pop up and God's been putting his finger on it. And I'm thinking, when do I have time to watch a movie? And God said, how about right now? How about right now? <laughs> and I was like, really? I can watch. Okay, cool. So I sat down and I watched it. And the whole time I was just, I was sitting there bawling. So I thought that poor man, that poor man, I, I just can't, I, I, because I don't know about you, but for ADHD people, we're just like, I would be overwhelmed by that task. But it's exactly the task that we're dealing with as Americans right now, taking our nation back. And so keep that movie in mind. And actually the movie was a really true story about Doug White. <clears throat> it's called On a Wing and a Prayer, who played the role about a man and his family whose pilot died right after takeoff. And the only help and experience that he had to fly the plane was from God. While God, his wife prayed, he and his, his wife and his daughters prayed while he was listening to the, uh, the flight tower trying to teach him how to fly this plane. 
he'd only flown a Cessna before this point. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But um, God helped him fly the plane on what little knowledge he had from flying one time in a Cessna. And this was a huge plane. Did you see the plane in that trailer? It's absolutely phenomenal. So anyway, the entire movie is about Mr. White having to learn how to safely land the plane to save himself and his entire family from, from insurmountable danger. And the only thing that carried him was prayer, his faith, as well as a few great people in a flight tower who could guide him back. That's kind of how big our God is, right? That's how, that's how big our God is right now. And so it was a, such a great, great movie. But um, it's kind of like the situation America's in right now where we're having to land this baby, America, uh, safe and sound back home to try to get as many Americans or people around the world who will listen back into God's love and glory. That's the plane we're trying to land right now. And I promise you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So saith the Lord, Psalms 33, 9. God commanded and it was so. But God's trying to get us back into his love, back into his glory, which is a bigger task than many of us ever thought it would be because of half the battle of getting people to wake up. We're trying to get people to wake up. And the hour's late. I don't know what you think, but the hour's late right now. So I'll leave you with that as we switch over into this next video, and I'll be right back with you. point of that right she's swimming with great white sharks just wanted to switch that back over by the way that is ocean ramsey she's out of hawaii and i started watching that video last night and actually she has this uncanny ability to swim with the most dangerous sharks in the world she swims out in the deep do you not feel like you're been deep is calling unto deep right now if you're an intercessor or a front runner <clears throat> the deep is calling unto deep and so her life objective, basically, if you know anything about Ocean Ramsey, I've done a little bit of research on her. Um, she's a model. She's actually a top shark expert. And she is trying to show society not only how to save sharks, but how they can swim amongst them. However, I decline. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, but I was mesmerized by that video thinking, oh, my God, is she swimming with a great white shark? I couldn't believe that. Because that actually has uh, 
fascinated me for years, great white sharks for some crazy reason. But then I heard the Lord say this. He was like, I'm calling you deep unto deep right now. I'm trying to get my people to dive out into the deep with me. And so my takeaway from these videos this Good Friday was the fact that the church is now having to learn how to swim in the deep, but we're also learning to play with the big dogs now, if you will, to swim with the sharks, having to learn how to deal with people who aren't obedient versus being obedient in the spirit. And, and I don't know about you, but um, people having to deal with people who choose not to be changed or wanting to come back into God's love and into his glory so, they can, so that he can finish their story, it's a big deal. It's a hard task. It's a real hard task, kind of like Mr. White having to learn to fly that plane and having to learn to do all these things again. But I want to give you some encouragement before we even get into the message today. We're not going into a new move per se. It seems like it's new because you've fallen so far away from him. We're going back to the ancient of days, back into his ways. Do you understand? We're going back to love back into the glory but you got to get in the plane first you got to get in the plane first and so the obedient right now are having to see how some of the disobedient are choosing to deal with things around them or with you so to speak people in the church who proclaim to be christian but and that's what the enemy wanted all along he wanted us to work against ourselves a house divided against itself will fall that was the plan all along he went after the nation first, trying to get our culture like that. And then he went after the church like that. So here we sit. And the, the obedient are seeing how some of the disobedient are getting offended by the truth. They're getting offended while all truth is coming in. And they're beginning to crash and burn instead of attaining liftoff and flying with the rest of those continuing to climb higher. Mm -hmm. So that so we can all land this plane safely. We're trying to land our plane, safe, our plane safety, if I can talk safely, um, which I believe is where God is um, taking us right now in this hour. Cynthia, can you pray against witchcraft coming at me? It's high level today. Can you guys, Silver B2, um, go after their words, please. Target them, um, please, and thank you. Um, so God is leading us and teaching us how to navigate through all the witchcraft with three-fourths of the church pretending like they know God, but they're acting like sharks. They're acting like sharks. Thank you so much. And this Easter, I believe God's on a mission. I believe this is unlike any Good Friday where Jesus died on a cross, rose from the dead, and in three days he was into resurrection power. And I believe that resurrection power is where God wants to take the church in this hour, which is the deep. It's the deep coming and being seated beside him in heavenly places, taking your ruling and reigning authority and taking back your land. so You can actually stand. Because I don't know if you know it or not. This isn't like any other time in history where we're fighting World War One or World War Two. We're fighting evil. We're fighting pure evil. We're fighting Luciferians, Satanists, witches. They want their kingdom to come. And God's like, nope, it's, it's my world, my universe. I created it. It's my kingdom that's going to come on earth as it is in heaven. But my people have to stand up first. 
So God's on a mission to get everyone back into his glory and hopefully into smoother waters so that we can all land this plane together back into God's heart, back into his spirit of love. And I believe it's doable. I believe it's doable. Um, I just believe everybody has to have the right keys and the right tools of intercession while God cleans up the body of Christ where the enemy meant to keep us all earthbound. I hope you enjoyed those videos that I just showed you. Go check out those movies. Those are actually great movies to watch. And they're, and they're really actually suspenseful. Uh, the the Ocean, uh, Ocean Ramsey one is just a documentary. You can catch your stuff on YouTube. But the other one is on Prime. If you watch Prime TV. And they've got some really great movies out there. But that's a really great story. And, and it's fun. I'm going to go watch it again with my mom. Because my mom was like, you watched it without me. I was like, yeah, because you went to bed. <laughs> and I had to, I wanted to watch the movie. It was a great movie, but it's worth the watch. So go check it out. So um, that leads us with what is witchcraft hitting you with this week? I kind of gave you a little bit of a, a snapshot of it really quick there, because it's also the entrance of C2. If you know the ending this month, it's April 7th today. April 30th is the beginning of C2. And for many of you, it's going to be a white knuckle ride for three-fourths of the church. Those who have been disobedient. I, God had me tell you this. He had me try to tell you for the last three years. <clears throat> this is coming. This is coming. You need to get cleaned up. You need to do what God's telling you. But as we enter this Passover season, this Easter Sunday, God's saying, Happy Passover, America. Happy Passover as I'm leading you through this Easter week. And I'm trying to get your faith positioned um, into the place that you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Apart from him, if you get stuck earthbound, you can't do jack squat. You can't. But through him, you can do all things. And he's trying to get us repositioned and refocused to see that we truly, with prayer, like you saw in that video with Mr. White and his family, they prayed their way all through that situation. Did you know that? He and his wife, not he, but his wife and their daughters were in the back praying the whole time for the father. Please give him wisdom. God, please show him what to do. Because the tower at first, when they first led them out, they were sending them out into the water, out into the gulf, because they thought they were going to crash and they didn't want him crashing in a residential or a commercial area. And so they assumed the worst. And then when they saw that this guy, hey, maybe he does have the wherewithal to fly this plane. Hey, wow. Okay. And then they, there was a man compassionate enough in the tower to call one of his best friends, by the way, which is a federal law to be on your cell phone in the flight tower. You can't do that. But he did it anyway because he had such compassion for that family and he didn't want him to perish. But check out that movie. It's a great movie. But this is where we're at as God leads us through this Easter week. So if you feel like you've been dealing with sharks all week, you might be right. As the occult has been releasing spirits of hatred and persecution, just like he did during the week before Jesus was killed on the cross. It's the same demons. Did you not? Did, have you not been like picking that up all week? I've been seeing it manifest on people. and I'm like, wow. So this is what Jesus sort of felt like. We'll never really truly know because we've never walked a mile in his shoes. Although we do experience some of the sufferings of Christ. But we're seeing the influx 
of warfare pick up on people around us with hatred and persecution and people just getting offended and miffed over nothing like a bunch of stuffed cats like there's like getting like a bunch of puffer fish and so i just got really quiet and i just started observing and i just started asking god what is this and he goes this is what i walked through these are the same demons that were released against me on the pharisees and on the people when they when they started crying out as people cried out, crucify him, crucify him. When they were asking Pontius Pilate what to do about him. All the while, Barabbas, a.k.a. Let's Go Brandon. Okay, I just said it. Should have been the one that was crucified, but 45 was arrested in his place. This isn't a political talk, by the way. But it is indicative of what's gone on this last week. So, Sunday's coming. Want you to know, Sunday's coming. And God is getting ready to blow the walls down off the cave that they're trying to place us into America, that they're trying to place 45 into because of the prophetic words coming forth from the true prophets. So for those of you that have been obedient, you intercessors and you front runners, God bless you. As you learn to take down, mark this down, macro spells, micro spells, take down their entire structure. Their word structures on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. Identify 1 Kings 1.14, all the words that are in their macro, micro spells, layered, structured, written, or spoken. God's telling you exactly what to do right now. On all those levels, take them down. Collapse them, numbers 14.9, frontwards, backwards, layered, structured, written, or spoken, even in the blood. The blood, innocent blood sacrifices are their life source where Jesus' blood is your life source. Okay, but they don't have any power. None of their blood has any power. So I ask God, if he didn't write it, if he didn't speak it, he didn't write it in the blood or lay his blood on it, let it fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 37, 38. And then release the words of the true prophet, the true intercessors, the true front runners, and let the occult go to hell where they belong. You want to serve a God that's a lesser God, then go to hell with them with yourself. That's ridiculous. But you true intercessors and you front runners, thank God for you because God's using you to turn this plane around. Hallelujah. Happy Passover again. Hi, everybody. Hi, Joyce. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because not only is America and the world beginning to wake up right now, we're also waking up to how loveless our society is. People are waking back up to the truth, if you've noticed. They're waking back up to the truth of what almost happened to this nation. See, we have two streams going right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't know you were going to go there. We have two streams going right now. We have a stream of true prophets, true intercessors, true frontrunners, and then false prophets, false intercessors, false frontrunners. Okay? It's all about who you choose to serve. And I'm going to get into that message as I get into this right here. So you have to choose. God says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve yourself. You can't serve mammon and say you serve God. You can't do that. You have to choose his ways. You have to choose his practices and practice his word. You can't just say, oh, I'll go to Sunday. I'll go to church this Sunday and I'll repent. No, it doesn't work like that. You can exhaust God's grace. Because at some point in time, you're going to come to the crossroads, which is what America is at right now. A lot of you are at crossroads. And God is saying, choose this day. 
Who am you going to serve? It's not just about Easter eggs. Today's Easter Sunday is not just about Easter eggs. Matter of fact, it has nothing to do with Easter Bunny. It has everything to do with him dying on a cross. Jesus dying on a cross. And so if you're experiencing persecution and hatred because of your truth, your spirit of truth on you, by others in lower levels of the spirit, God says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. Because most of society are caught up in lower levels spiritually and are susceptible to the high levels of witchcraft being released into the atmosphere. Hang on a second. I got to bind something. Thank you, God. Reinstating our normal John 21, Genesis 1, 1 through 31. Thank you, God. And God's saying that this, diff this year is going to be different, by the way, for you people that have been obedient. This C2 is going to be a blessing for you. You're going, to you're going to roll right through smooth as butter. And for those, some of you people out there praying right now <clears throat> against this ministry and against this broadcast, your time is coming. I'm not lying. You will get judged for putting your mouth on an anointing. Okay? But a lot of you know that. You're just too stupid to think that God would ever do something to you about it. But it's coming. God bless you. So, as we begin stepping into the beginning of the C2 season, this year is going to be different for the obedient versus the disobedient. So instead of mega pressure for the obedient, you're going to sail right through C2, while the disobedient will be pressured to come higher into higher standards, higher love levels if they so choose, or they're going to plummet into deep darkness. Only two choices. There are only two streams. But I'm believing for the best in society. And what I'm seeing with so many people looking for answers and desiring to see their loving country come back. I'm believing for the best. But the only way to a loving country and to have it come back is to come back to a loving God. Realize that, don't you? But we have to have revival. This is why we have such a need revival in this hour which brings us basically to the topic at hand based on Deuteronomy 31 1 through 32 27 where it's talking about dark clouds of discouragement new leaders arising and I'm going to encourage you don't get discouraged right now don't get discouraged don't believe in what you see with your eyes because your eyes will fail you but looking at what you see with your eyes and right now I really sense that many of you have gotten so caught up in what you see or don't see rather than what God sees that you're starting to believe it. You got to strike this stuff down. You got to strike down all the fiery arrows coming at, they're coming at your faith, your belief, your confidence, your trust. Melt those arrows. Psalms 104, fire. Matter of fact, I do it over y'all right now. You melt it. Every bit of it. Ask God to reinstate their normal. John 21. And it's so you can see what God sees and continue moving forward in your faith. Continue moving forward in your faith. Because these are the tools that the enemy's trying to use. They're desperate to pull you out of the spirit. You understand what they're doing this for, right? 
They're coming at your fivefold giftings. They're coming at your faith, your trust, your confidence and belief, because that's what helps carry you forward as a front runner, as an intercessor. So they're targeting you. They're targeting your ability to see spiritually. But remember, remember the test when I was talking to you, um, <clears throat> pardon me on Tuesday, when I was talking to you guys about how they're trying to hinder you from seeing because people without a vision perish. They know that. They know the law. They know the word. The enemy knows the word. Do you? Do you? Which brings me to what some of you are struggling with. I'm going to be really honest. My, my, my honesty, I'm really, I'm, I'm really truth-oriented. So, I mean, I'm just being honest from my heart with what I was picking up. But I, I, I'm picking up that some of you have dreams of getting married again. While others have dreams of ministry. And then yeah, while others only want to try to get into a healthier job with healthier people to minimize the stress you've been going through. And God's saying, and there are others, people needing, you know, more money or people wanting their families reconciled. The list could go on and on. Whatever your dream is, whatever your heart's hope is, God's saying, I haven't forgotten about you. But I brought you here to bring you through. I didn't bring you here to leave you here. I brought you here to bring you through. And where God guides, he provides. But you have to make it through the test first. We're still on the test. And the one thing I need to remind everybody of is that in this season, from this season on, this test is all about God finding his people group. He's trying to find out, are you for me or are you against me? There's a separation. Remember the two streams. Which stream are you going to fall into? See, these people, they're so crazy trained, man. They're so, they think that they've won. The arrogance of the devil is that he thought that he had won. And I'm going to get into that here in a second too. He was so stupid without realizing that God's omniscient. God's everywhere. God's here, God hears your thoughts. Talk about, talk about AI. <laughs> in, uh, inside technology. If you want, it's not technology, spiritual technology, if you will, but hearing everything, he knows your heart condition. <clears throat> he knows what your, what your choices are going to be before you make them. So he knew exactly what the devil was going to do. We got himself kicked out of heaven. And so right now, some of you have put yourself unbeknownst to yourself because of your own lack of knowledge. We all die for lack of wisdom and understanding. And God's making you aware of this now. But you've gotten caught up into what people think instead of being loyal to God. You're getting caught up in a fear of man. And no matter what your supposed friends think, this is a time in history where you need to take a stand. You need to stand up and be counted. You need to find yourself approved by the Lord. Because if you don't stand up, your lack of standing against demand or your lack of belief in Christ can get you disqualified from moving into your land, into those dreams that you're so longing for and into those things that you've been asking and praying God for. You need to take a stand and you need to stand strong because this is all about standing up and being counted. Who are you going to stand for? You're either for him or you're against him. There are only two choices. And I'm not trying to release fear either. 
I'm not trying to make you afraid of God. There's no fear and love, but I am a truth person, so I'm going to tell you what he's telling me from above. But in this hour, I sense that God is looking for a people group who are sold out to his plan, his heart, from heaven's plan from the start. Everything that he's had in, in his heart as long as well as his ways, because we've seen where man's ways have taken this nation. Would you not agree? Have you not seen it on all seven mountains? We've seen the lack of truth. We've seen the other gods. We've seen the Luciferians. We've seen all the, the money and the, the money laundering and all the greed. We've seen it in church. We've seen man's will, man's will and man's ways and where they've taken the sheep. And God said, enough, enough, because you put my death on a cross in vain. And I'm not going to have you do that, says the Lord. Which brings us to the message about Moses. You know, Moses had a few hiccups in his journey. He made a few mistakes. I don't think any leader ever gets it perfectly right. I don't think any of us. I don't. I, I screw up every day. I hate to say it. That sounds so bad. I mess up every day. I have to repent throughout my day. God, forgive me for, for anything I've done up until this point and beyond. None of us have it figured out. Don't you understand? Nobody ever lives out the Bible perfectly. He's not looking for perfection, but he is looking for hearts that want direction. <clears throat> He's looking for hearts that are totally relying upon him. And not on themselves. Because when you start relying upon yourself, you get yourself into trouble. And in fact, that's what you get your eyes out of the spirit and onto the flesh. So that's where the enemy wants you is in the flesh because you have no power. Which is where you need to be in the sour. So Moses had a few hiccups. But even when he messed up, he never, he never quit. Stop serving God. Did you know that? You've heard about don't pull a Moses. Don't pull a Moses. Oh, don't pull a Moses. Because he didn't get to enter into his promised land blessing. He had anger issues and rebellion towards God. And he was really mad at God's people. He got really ticked off at God's people. And he got so frustrated at God's people that he struck the rock twice. Putting Jesus' death on the cross in vain. That's what he did. One, the first time he struck it was in the spirit. He obeyed the Lord. He was doing exactly what God told him to do. Hello, witchcraft prayers is not doing exactly what God tells you to do. That's your flesh. But when you're getting the true king's decree, that's staying in the spirit. That's staying and doing his will, his way, not your way. Your ways are not man's ways. Or excuse me, your ways are not God's ways. Excuse me. He's trying to find a people group who are following hard after him. Who could care less about people. They don't let people get their goat. They don't let people uh, get up into their mix. <clears throat> They're only doing exactly what God told them to do. But if you know anything about the Moses experience. Moses got ticked off at the people. And the second time he struck the rock in his flesh. And it caused him to lose it all. Meaning he chose to do what was right in his own eyes. And he lost it all. Because he thought he knew more than God. But the good news is that regardless, he finished very well. 
he still finished very well. He, he stayed true to God despite the discipline that God had to put him through. Which is hard to believe when we see that he literally gave up his opportunity to enter in. Which is a huge disappointment to have to move beyond if you. You know, sometimes I think when we don't get it right, we have a tendency to get stuck there. We, I don't know about you, but it's easy to get stuck there. It's easy to think, oh, my God, I screwed it up. I totally messed it up. And, oh, he's never going to forgive me. And how could I ever get beyond this? Because, oh, I just totally, I've been serving God all this time and I messed this one thing up. God's like, move beyond it. Come on, let's finish this thing. Repent, get back in alignment. I might have to give you plan B. But at least you'll finish well. At least you'll finish well. So Moses, you know, this is the, the cool part about Moses. And, and I never saw this until today. And, and, and it really shows his heart if you think about this. I've never seen this. I've heard this for years and never thought about this. Despite his failures, he was able to give God's people encouragement. The same people that ticked him off, by the way, because he had seen their hearts, even though that they were still fleshly driven. And he was able to give them encouragement to continue moving into their lands, even under a new leader. So they could finish the task before them. The difficulties were obvious. He saw the difficulties. He knew that they were insurmountable. And so great, but he owned his own failures. He was big enough to own his own failures, and he was selfless enough not to try to hold an innocent people group back when he knew that the people that followed the Lord in him prior in prior seasons had done their best. They'd done their best. You know, we're all at different spiritual levels, and um, we all do our best. We do our best. And God's saying, you do your best, and I'm going to do the rest. But when I tell you to do something in this season, it's such a critical level if you've entered in as a front runner and as an intercessor. Pardon me, because of the new spiritual laws that are operating on this particular level, I cannot stress this enough to you. If you get into your flesh in, in this place, matter of fact, let me just say this to you. Front runners and intercessors, mark this down. Psalms 37, 23. This is going to be your new best friend. Psalms 37, 23. Ask God to order your steps, order your thoughts, order your prayers, especially during C2. Order your emotions, order your safety. You want God to order all those things so that you move right into blessing and order you right into your promised land, right into safety. That's a win-win if you ask me. He gave me that tool a few years ago, and I thought, golly, you make a way where there is no way. So, you know, we can't sit there and say, oh, we've got poor leadership. Oh, we didn't have enough direction. When he's sitting there telling you all the keys along the way, how to pass C2, not how not to get stuck in C2. Lord, order me past strange fire. <clears throat> Remember, C2 is all about Holy Ghost fire. Strange fire. Order me past the pressure. You can order it. Order me into blessing. Order me. Order me into good health. Long life. 
That's a great tool. Mark that down. So back to the point at hand. We're at the crux spiritually. We're beginning to see a leadership shift. Check this out. That's what he said today. Kind of like what we're beginning to see in America right now. Although we haven't seen it in the natural yet. Don't you sense that shift is right there? It's just kind of right there. We're beginning to sense it happen, see it happen. We're hearing about it. We're seeing tidbits of it in the natural with what Q told us in the past. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, everything you said has come to pass. So when something that somebody's saying to me is coming to pass, that tells me somebody's lying to me. Somebody's not. If I'm seeing somebody keep their word and somebody not. We've got two streams operating here. Pardon me. My nose itches. Two streams operating. <clears throat> and everything he stated has come to pass. But what about the church? What about the church? God's been telling me that it's coming by the Spirit with new leaders arising on all seven mountains. We've been sensing that. We've been seeing that. And by the way, I want to point out, I'm able to depict all the new move leaders now. And have you noticed, are you able to depict them? I don't want to say their name on here yet. I don't want to invite more warfare than we need. But all of them are high level truth leaders. They are, we're all blasting in the truth. All, we're all operating in high level truth. That's the spirit that's coming into the room. So where some of the older leaders have failed to do as God instructed in past seasons, they now have been replaced with new leaders rising up to fly this plane. <clears throat> They're rising up teaching America how to get back up again. Because in this new season, the obedient have entered into a seeing or being able to stand on the rock of our foundation. And we're seeing that beginning to emerge. Have you been sensing that? For those of you who are coming deeper, you're coming into deep, calling unto deep. And God is supposed to be, or should be, and you should be experiencing this, which is what I'm experiencing, is that everything is about Him. Everything I'm doing, eating, breathing, and sleeping, everything is about God. Everything is about God. And so those that have been obedient are emerging in this new firepower that's coming through the rock of our salvation, where He's teaching us to swim in the deep even with the sharks praying interceding over everything on the international federal state city county and personal levels as god is teaching us how to get our lives back. thank you lord i'll go there <clears throat> you know it's funny 35 years ago was the first time god ever took me into heaven and in my experience and i was while i was there i was speaking with my father my earthly dad before he died or after he died, actually, he'd already passed away. He'd been, he'd been dead a year. And I'd had such a hard time uh, dealing with his death because of the, how close my, my, my earthly dad and I were. But I didn't have a really, I, I've known God since I was a little girl, but I didn't really have a strong relationship with him, not like I do now. And I remember Jesus telling me, because Jesus was standing beside my dad. And I asked him, I said, can I stay? Am I supposed to stay? And he said, no, no. I'm sending you back to help my body come back into love and come back into the glory. And I'm going to use you along with other people to help them stand back up in their story. 
And I, I remember thinking, and I remember waking up from that experience because it wasn't a dream. It was a, it was real. I walked in heaven, and I've walked in heaven through the Lord many times since then. I love going to heaven, but I have to be invited to go because you want to stay. You always want to stay. There's so much to do there. And, and you get to see your loved ones. And that's something, too, I want to tell you people. Um, you never want to grieve over the loss of a loved one. You want to know why? Because the veil is so thin. All you have to do is go take a walk in heaven and go talk to them. That's all you got to do. They're fine. If they're believers, they're fine. They're rooting you on. And I know for some of you, maybe you haven't had that experience yet, but it's very real. They're just in a different dimension. That's all it is. But they root you on. They pray for you. And it's very real. It is so real. And and I've had those experiences where I've gone with another family member to talk to them after the loss of another family member. And, and, and their spouse told them things that only they knew between each other. I didn't know that. I was just a conduit to speak the things forth. I don't believe in channeling and all that garbage or speaking to the dead. But it's different in this hour because of the season that we're in. Do you understand? On earth as it is in heaven. So he's giving us a touch of heaven while we're walking in the earth so that we might be living examples to show people, hey, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to walk. This is the way walk ye in it. And it's fun. It is. I'm so, I, I, I can't get enough of it. And matter of fact, it was so fun to see this loved one experience this because it gave them great peace and they can move on. And that's what you want. You know, your loved ones don't want you getting stuck. They know you're put into the earth just like they were for such a time as this. They had a job. You have a job. So the enemy doesn't want you to finish your job. And God's saying, I need you to get refocused, just like he did with me back then with my dad's death. He had to get me refocused. But I learned from that experience, bringing you back full circle, is that we still had work to do. I still had work to do. You still have work to do. But we got to get refocused on the one who's going to help, help us get the job done. And so many people, so many leaders have gotten off focus on their flesh because of unhealed areas in their past. Daddy issues, mommy issues, uh, unmet issues of feeling like they'd failed God in some area. And God's like, just repent and get back in alignment. Let's get this show on the road. Come on. There's a lot of work to be done. So we're in this section now, the two streams, where the obedient is versing the disobedient. And I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth, because in this new season, God's trying to teach us that he's all we need. He's all we need. Not the things we were asking for, those things we think will make us happy. He's not saying he's not going to give it to you, but he wants to be your number one. That's why America fell away from love. He failed to be our number one. And here, now we sit with a loveless society because of putting everything else in the number one slot. Money, jobs, spouses, dreams, hobbies. You label yours. But if we're going to come back into the glory and finish our story, God's got to be our all in all. Hi there. 
Good to see you, Connie. Because once we learn he's all we need, all other things fall into the rightful place. You know what that feels like to know? And I didn't, I used to be in that place where I used to always think, oh, I've got to have this and I've got to, I used to always think if I'm not married, remember how the single people get? No offense to the single people, by the way, but this is what a lot of single people go through because of the pressures of society making you feel like if you don't accomplish this by this place in life or this by this time in life, then you failed. Something's wrong with you. You're jaded or, or whatever it is that goes through their head without realizing that maybe God lifted up a few vessels for this time in history to bring back the glory, bring back the love. And he knew that we couldn't have anything or anyone interrupting our story. Doesn't mean he's not going to give it to you. That's good. He's a, he's a promise keeper, man. He just wants you to help him and do this through him at this time in history. Help get his people back on the plane. Are you taking your seat? And so now, because of the disobedient versus the obedient, we're beginning to see the sharks. We're beginning to see the difference between God's true children versus those who are serving the devil. You can't serve two masters. Or the flesh. Remember I told you, God's clock versus the zodiac. God's spirit versus the flesh. Devil's spirit is the devil's clock or the zodiac. That's your flesh. Things that you're born into the earth with, the gifts and callings on your vessel, but they're irrevocable. Doesn't mean they're going to go away even though you serve the devil. So he's trying to recruit all those people to be in his army while God's raising up his army, but you can't serve two masters. You're either for him or you're against him. So out of the heart flows our issues. But so does the kingdom that you submit to. And if you serve darkness, then that's your master. You're thinking. The obedient see this truth, while the disobedient don't see. Have you noticed that? Which brings us to Luke 12, 8 through 34, where it talks about a fearful heart. Fearful heart of man will disqualify you from entering into the land. Remember, there's no fear in love. Let me tell you this. From Luke 12, 8, <clears throat> it states that God's word says, If you confess my name before man, I'll confess your name before my Father in heaven. But if you're ashamed of standing up for my name with man, I'll be ashamed of yours as well. Let me tell you what, exactly what the scripture says. And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God, or God the Father. So when you fear people, when you have more fear of man or what people think, if you stand for a holy God, if you say you're Christian, you need to make up your mind, first of all, let me just tell you, it's better to have never come to Christ or walked in heaven or seen the things of heaven, especially on this level, especially on this level. When you've gotten a taste of God and you've seen that he's good, it's better to wrap a mule stone around your neck than to have never or to have never served him at all than to have denied him before man. You don't ever want to do that. You got to choose who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve man and mammon or you're going to serve God. To serve the Lord. There are only two strings. 
But when you begin to fear people, you begin to hide things. You begin to operate in hypocrisy. And you fail to stand up in truth because you'll, you'll be more concerned with what man thinks than what God thinks. You know what? I don't know about you, but for me, <clears throat> every day I wake up and I'm all, I've always got God on my mind. Um, I always wake up with a song. He always gives me a song every single day. I don't know why, but he, every day he gives me a new song. Like and not, not, not just a new song in my heart, but a song, a literal song that I guess he's singing it. He's singing that song in his heart, <clears throat> but he gives me that song. I wake up humming a song and I'm thinking, oh, God is with me. But every day throughout my day, he's on my mind. He's on my mind with everything I do. And, and, and I'm always conscious about what I say. <clears throat> Pardon me. What I pray. And if I say something contrary to what he does, I always, I, I quickly repent. You got to be quick to repent in this hour too, by the way. Because if you don't, you give the devil a foothold. But always conscious about not saying things that hurt him. Because I don't want to hurt someone I love. I don't want to hurt anybody that I love. You don't ever want to do that. But when you're more concerned about what man thinks than what God thinks, you're going to fail to stand up in truth. You're going to fail to repent. You're going to fail to stay aligned. And in this day and time, God's saying, I wouldn't give a darn what man thinks because it's, it's what three-fourths of humanity are caught up in. Or people that don't have a relationship with me, says the Lord. They don't care. They, they care what each other thinks more than they care what I think, says the Lord. But when you fear God alone, you don't need to fear what anybody else thinks. And when you fear God alone, he can and he will use you in powerful ways. He will raise you up to stand before kings, to stand amongst the powerful. And, and, and people won't even know your name. They'll be just like, who is this person? <clears throat> they serve the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. Oh. So he'll raise you up in powerful places for his kingdom. But people who stand in divided hearts, they're easily worried. They're, they get caught up in worry. They're easily pulled apart. That's what worry means, to be pulled apart. Which is what worry does to you. But if our hearts are considered only on Christ and only focused on Him, then our hearts are going to be united. They'll be united in prayer, united in focused, united in loyalty towards Him, towards His people, and our ability to move in heavenly places. You'll be united. You'll be single-minded with a single eye of faith. And you'll make a mad dash into kingdom, even into your heart's desires. <clears throat> so it does pay. It does pay to serve the Lord and be loyal to the Lord. And you can't outgive him, by the way. Some of you think, oh, I'll just do it myself. No, your flesh never did anybody but crucify an innocent man on the cross. That's what man's flesh did. That's what getting out of the spirit does. It pulls you into the flesh, into the devil's clock, into the devil's heart, into the devil's ways. But if your treasures are from heavenly places, <clears throat> then you needn't worry because you know from where your help comes from at all times. And you also know your life is not your own. Therefore, you're not here to, to be served, but serve. 
The problem with so few wanting to submit to a power greater than themselves, that's what Satan did, by the way, is that in this day and time, serving Christ means they no longer get to be the Get that right? And it also means, and it's in the church, it's in the church big time, because the church has really fallen away from God's ways. But when they serve themselves, that usually means they have to change a few things in their thinking and in their hearts, which is what God is adamant about focusing on right now. He wants you to change and want to change and be changed. Because when a heart gives itself over to him, <clears throat> that heart is agreeing that it's no longer here to be served, but it's here to serve a power greater than itself. And the hearts that are demanding otherwise, those hearts are serving Satan because he never came to serve anybody but himself, which is why he always tried to be God. It's also what got him kicked out of heaven. God told me to give you this analogy too, by the way. I thought this was poignant. He said, you know, God's a spirit. <clears throat> the devil's a spirit. And you're a spirit, right? Right? So the spirit that we submit to is the spirit that flows through you. And if you think about this a little bit deep, the people that you relate with in earthen vessels, spirits as well. Think about this. They just have earth suits. But they're spirits. Just like your spirit, you're relating. If they're Christians, you're relating spirit to spirit. The spirit bears witness with the spirit. You recognize the spirit of God on them because love recognizes love, right? It's a universal language. True love. True love. People know when they're really truly loved. They recognize the real deal versus the fake. That's why we have so many people leaving church these days. And you also know that a body without a spirit is dead, right? So the Lord said this. So then why can't you relate with me? I'm a spirit. So it's a heart condition. Or it's a choice to have a relationship with the Holy God or not. Because every day we get to choose who we want to relate to whether they're in an earth suit or in heaven. You get to choose. I don't have to have a relationship with you if I don't care for your ways. But his ways are good. His ways are true. His ways are right. And if you think about him, has he ever not shown up? He's always showing up when you call him this name. And not when you, just, not when you get in trouble. When you show up on holidays. He's always there 24-7. He's omniscient. So if you know anything about him, you need to know that he's more alive than you will ever be, at least until he brings you home for some of the, those of you who know him. I thought that was really, really powerful. That example, I thought, my gosh. I don't know any other way you could spell that out for us, Lord. And the Lord said, you know, Missy, tell me this today. And I thought this, this made me cry when he told me this. But he said, to be known by me 
is one of the hugest privileges in heaven or in the earth. Be known by me. Have me write your name in the book of life. To know the God of the universe. Do you know that? What that feels like? And to have a relationship with God who shows up and shows you great and mighty things is even greater. The big God. Let me tell you what happened to me one time back. I've never had God show me this before, show me himself like this. I saw the Lord. It was huge. And he bent down and took my face in his hands and took me face to face. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed by his vastness. He was just huge. He was absolutely huge. And I was so afraid in that moment. I said, am I in trouble? I said, no. I just wanted to see if I saw myself in you. And I'll never forget that experience because I remember if God is that big, what am I ever worried about the devil for, the enemy? Oh my gosh. But then as he told me that in knowing what I experienced and being known by God, I have a relationship with that big of a God that he's real. He's alive. But then to serve him, to serve a God like this is the greatest privilege of all. And by the way, even Satan, or else why would Satan hate God so much for kicking him out of heaven? It's because he lost his position. He knew how big. He knew he was undefeated, indestructible, as are his people. So what are you worried about? What are you worried about, America? Which brings us to Psalm 78, 32 through 55. And the Lord is saying, does your history repeat itself? This is the shark card, by the way, <clears throat> that I'm depicting. Because if you know anything about this psalm, it's a long psalm. But it describes Israel's exodus, their wilderness wanderings, and then the kill-off of the disobedient who refused to believe, and then the obedience entrance into the promised land. If you know anything about that passage, it's also in the book of Exodus. Um, so there's two places that they're depicting, and I'm sure there's more, but these are the two that I was shown. And I know that first one sounds kind of harsh, but it's true, okay? It's true. But it's actually a depiction, if you know anything about it, um, of God's disciplines and God disciplining his people group when they refuse to do things his way. When God purposefully puts us in a test. Hello, do you not feel like you've been in a test the last 7 or 10 or 15 years? <clears throat> I feel like we've been in test after test after test after test. And, and now we know that God implemented it and that he sent us here. He sent us here. Just like he sent Israel through their testings. And God knew Israel. He knew them very, very well. He knew they were a rebellious nation. They were uber rebellious. But God was such a good God. He's still such a good God. Just like he is with you and I. So he gave us, he gave Israel and he's giving us the opportunity to start again. He's giving us an opportunity. 
to come back to him again. Hello, i.e., the latter glory. Mm -hmm. This is our testing season, America. So we can come out of the shark heart and deeper into his heart, regardless of whether you've acted like a shark in the past or not. He's teaching you to swim deep, swim in deep waters, to love the sharks, to love people who may not know a better way, to do things his way instead of your way. Because God wanted to take their shark heart apart and make it loving again. He wanted them to have a great future, a great life, and quit caring about other sharks around them. Quit caring about man, what man thinks. You become who you hang around, by the way. Are your friends edifying Christ in you, or are they pulling you away from him? Because Israel got caught up in not having their fleshly needs met. Ooh, that just came out of my spirit. But that was true. Every day they were they were given the provision and they were giving everything that they, that they needed. Has God not provided for you during this season? <clears throat> While you've been learning to take your land back. While you've been learning to get your life back. Matter of fact, it's been for you, Joseph's, the last 30 years. Man. So God answers Israel's needs or America's needs because he saw actually they weren't being led correctly. We weren't being led back to him in his heart. We had leaders in place who were leading in their flesh. So we started from the top down and he put in a Cyrus. He put in a man with a heart like David, but this man didn't look like what we thought a leader should look like. Hello, Jesus didn't either when he came riding in on a donkey that Sunday or that Good Friday. Was it Good Friday? Good Friday. He didn't look like the king they thought he should look like. Matter of fact, he looked kind of pious. He looked kind of humble. And like 45, he looked kind of rough around the edges. He, send out mean, he sends out mean, mean tweets. Jesus didn't send out mean tweets. Oh my God. This is not what we think a president should look like. But guess what? God was looking for humility. He was looking for simplicity. He was looking for a man after his own heart. People who could be used to pull people back to their roots, back to the fruits of the, the true and living God. People that weren't here to be served, but to serve. He's looking for that type of people group right now. He's putting leaders in place that can fly the plane. Get people off the ground, off the earth, out of their earthen vessels, out of their flesh. Men and women with hearts like David, just like he did in Israel's day. Help lead them back to their correct lineage, to the correct heart, just like they had at the start, before all the difficulty began, which got them stuck in the land. Or AKA C2. Remember, I told you, as C2 approaches every year, you got to know how to navigate through it or you'll get stuck in it. You got to know how to navigate through strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. God's giving you the keys, He's teaching you how to do it. So, in this hour, God's bringing us back to, if we want to come back into power, He's bringing us back to the basics of love. Back to the ancient of days and his ways. And he's looking for faithful sheep, faithful instructors, faithful leaders. 
so that he can lead his true flock back to himself in this final crescendo we're stepping into. You see, it's not just about the latter glory coming. Did you know that? It's not just about it's about obedience and it's about faithful. It's about being true to the one who's been true to you all along. It's not about serving yourself because true love will always be others oriented. <clears throat> Those hearts that love will always be thinking about others before self. This was Jesus's. And it's why he went to the cross so that all might come to know him. Good Friday. Sunday's coming. But he's here today. If you want to see and board his plane. And if you do, I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. If you're watching and you're watching a replay and you need him, if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I mean this. Say, Father, I need you. I don't know what I'm going through, but I don't want to be where I'm at. I don't want to be in this place without you any longer. <clears throat> Pardon me. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Ask you to fill me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your mind and bring me back to the basics. Use me, God. Here I am. That's what God's got for you today. Because if if you know God, God's got you. And he's going to bring you out and through. And there's nothing, no body, no devil <clears throat> that will be allowed to touch you. But you've got to know him first. Know him first. Which brings us, as we wrap up today, with Proverbs 12, 21 through 23. And again, I want to thank you for 15-minute wrap this Good Friday. So grateful you joined me. And I hope you have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday, because Sunday's coming. But this is what Proverbs 12, 21 through 23 states. There shall no evil happen to the just, <clears throat> but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge. But the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Are you needing a plane? A plane, if I can talk right, a plane? Are you needing to feel like you're getting off the ground these days? So you can get into higher firepower? Because <clears throat> I believe that's God's plan. And if you want to be inspired, go check out that movie. Wonderful, wonderful movie for faith. But you truly can do all things. 
can't do anything apart from it. You're earthbound. You're earthbound. I want to encourage you guys as you go forward in the days ahead. He's with you. Know him. He's with you. He'll always be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to be worried about your future. It's all in his hands. It was America's. And I believe that there are great days ahead. Those of you who know him. Phenomenal days ahead. But you got to know him. So I'll leave you with that, God. Hope you guys have yourself a wonderful Easter weekend. And uh, don't forget about him. Uh, I'll be back again with you, uh, with you on Tuesday as we enter into next week. And uh, we literally are passing over this week. Passing over into a new dimension. And so I hope that's you. If not, make the plan and repent and then come back and realign. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. But until then, you go have yourself a great Friday. And I love you. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.